Welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 21. That's crazy. 21 episodes in Season 2. That's like, we're already like 5, 6 past what we did last sem- last uh, year, which is crazy. But um, today, we're here. It's me, Selena, and Tyler again. Hi, Hello. guys. Hi. Very rare that we have all three of us here. Um, today, we have uh, Miss Bethany Green with us. She is going to talk to us a little bit about some, um, I'm not going to go into it quite yet. We'll get into it. But um, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and um, tell us like where you're from uh, and your, your duties here at UNA, because I know you have multiple. Yeah. Um, I'm Bethany Green, and I am the assistant director within the student engagement office. And my role really kind of entails community service and outreach and that kind of thing. Uh, but the food pantry fell into my lap when I started working here, and I've been at UNA working about, I'm in year eight now. So Woo. Um, from Muscle Shoals, so I'm a local gal, and um, graduated with my undergrad from UNA in 2010. So mm, That's yeah. really awesome. Um, for those who are listening and for those who are watching, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the food pantry and what type of locations and stuff you guys have? Sure. So we have one of the longest running food pantries in the state, which is pretty cool. It got started because a student recognized a need in another student that they need better access to food support and that kind of thing. And so she actually is the one that started it the semester before I got to UNA. And um, since then, we started with one location and we've branched out and now we've got two permanent locations. Um, One is in the student engagement office. And then we've got one on the ground floor of Rice Hall. And we do some grab-and-go pickup stuff and call your library. And then we just, thanks to Housing and Residence Life, started a mobile pantry option in some of the residence halls. So, yeah. I will say with that, um, being part of Housing and Residence Life myself, we do have a lot of food. So if you do need it, come and get it. Because um, (laughs) if you don't come and get it, we have to to throw it away, which is something Mm -hmm. that is not really ideal because we want people to be able to come in and eat as well. So um, just kind of a memo from housing, <laughs> housing residents' life. No yes. food waste. Yes. No food waste. Um, second part. Oh, yeah. So uh, how has the new location helped with food pantry increase in number? Well, so last year we, add, we realized that we weren't as accessible as we could be for our students and because we just had the one location. Um, and in student engagement, it's only open when student engagement is open. So we were missing out on nights and weekends and breaks and holidays and any, any time that the university was closed. And so adding that second location, we opened it for the first time over spring break last, sem- or last year. Um, and it seemed to be something that students accessed and they needed. So we wanted that option to be there. Um, so that way we aren't leaving anybody out. And the same thing with the library. If we've got a student who maybe they work full time during the day and they're taking night classes and then they don't live on campus and it's it's a little harder to access either one of those. So then we have that call your pickup option and they can take advantage of that too. So the pantry is for every student on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the process of uh, using the pantry and how they get food and different products? Yeah, so yes, available for every student as long as you're enrolled in a class at UNA, whether it's one class or 
five classes, and regardless if you're on campus or you've taken online classes, um, it's available for every student. As far as, repeat the second one. Um, how What the process is of getting the food. Yeah, so all it is is you show up. Um, we have a system in place now where you just sit down at a computer, you check in, fill out a form, and then you can go and shop on your own. Because one of the things we found out last year was that we did a survey and realized that you guys wanted a shopping experience. You don't want somebody over your shoulder. Um, it takes away a lot of the privacy that comes with the stigma behind going to a food pantry. And so now we've got it set up to where it is a shopping experience. And so students can check in, they can go shop, take what they need. Um, and we go based on a trust system. You take take what you need. and. Um, that's never been broken, so until we run into any issues with that, we'll keep it pretty consistent with that. Can you tell us why there's a need to fill out a form for it? And I know, I did mm -hmm. realize that you have the link to the form on your website, so you don't have mm -hmm. to sit down. You can fill it out before you come in, mm -hmm. and no one would know a thing. Mm -hmm. But can you tell us why it's needed? It's important for us to track numbers, um, because that helps get grant money. Um, that helps us. We have questions on there of are you a military veteran? Uh, because if it's if we're seeing somebody pretty consistently who is, for example, a veteran, maybe there, um, there might be some additional resources they need. If they're not connected with our MVAA office, we want to make sure we get them connected there. Um, but the only people who can see those forms are myself and our case manager. Um, the benefit for her to be able to see who's checking in like that is because if, they, if students are coming regularly, a lot of times there might be some additional resources that they could also use. And so we want to make sure we're getting as much as we can to help you guys be successful in school. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And speaking on numbers there, um, I'm going to go on to like a different type of numbers. You're, we're more talking towards who comes and how many times they come. But how, so food-wise, um, mm -hmm. how exactly do you i know it's probably going to be a simple question but how exactly do you do you bring all the food in and like how often does it restock so we we're super lucky to be supported by the campus and the community um, we've got a foundation account on campus so that way any monetary donations are tax deductible um, so basically we also take item donations too and so we can restock with those item donations, and then if we ever have to go and purchase food to restock ourselves, that's where we can tap into that foundation account and some of those monetary donations and offer that as well. So it really just depends on the consistency and frequency of those coming in. Um, I mean, I had a semester where we were once a month restocking the pantry, uh, and then we may have a fluctuation of donations depending on how many you know many people are talking about it and they get interested in it and so there we may only do a restock twice a semester so it really okay. just depends okay because yeah. yeah, i've never i've never seen the the restocking process i know for the mobile food pantry um we we go to chartwell's at least i think at 9 30 ish mm -hmm. every every morning to see if they have more restocking food for the mobile food pantry but that's kind of interesting to know about the uh, about like the permanent ones as well. Yeah. So just curious because you work Res Life, um, Mark. Yes. Uh, I you said that you throw away food if someone doesn't come and get it. What kind of food is offered at the mobile pantries? 
Okay, so since we've since we've started doing them, there's been like a huge wide variety of food. Um, I know last week we had like breakfast type food, like we had blueberry pancakes and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. And we've had like baked chicken and fried chicken as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like pretty much whatever. Um, it's it's a wide variety of whatever Chartwell's kind of gives us to to give out. Yeah. And I can, so to elaborate on that, one of the partnerships that we are working to develop and still kind of smooth out the kinks with is the Chartwell's partnership because we, if we have a catered event or even like the main market, that food, when it's done, it can, if it's extra, it gets thrown away. And so what they wanted to do is box up that food individually and be able to cool it down so that way we can keep it a little bit longer and offer it to students and that way they can put it in their refrigerator and warm it up later or something like that. So the ultimate goal is to not have any wasted food. Um, and obviously that's something we're still working on because we want students to know it exists and mm -hmm. a lot that's a lot of the hurdle of making sure that they know about it and that they can come get it. And so any of like the catered events will come to our location and main market will go to Housing and Residence Life. And so that's some options that we have too, to hopefully eventually, once we can perfect the system, eliminate a lot of the food waste that Chartwells has had. Mm -hmm. Is there yeah. a way to notify students when they um, get new food or anything like that? We've had a tech system in place and we're hoping to implement that again and update some of those numbers um, because we need to also update our list of students that are coming and they get the option to opt in for text message updates um, and that's something that we've utilized in the past to send out a text and say, hey, we've restocked the pantry or we've got Tartwell's food available or something like that. And they can know where to go. Um, and it's typically first come, first serve on how that goes, too. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And going off of uh, students a little bit more, I know it seems like recently we've had a little bit more of uh, food insecurity um, growth around mm -hmm. campus. Uh, do you think as that as that um, issue keeps keeps growing do you think um with all these different locations that it's it'll be you know we'll have plenty of stuff for these students to come and grab if they need some food i i think from what i'm hearing that it appears that we will mm -hmm. but um i know that, that it keeps growing so what is your take on that i think we will um mainly too because if we're ever in a pinch we can we have those funds that we can access now, if, the, if we had zero dollars in the account and we were starting to see a shortage and needed more donations, we would run into that. But mm -hmm. so far, the balance has been really great between the number of students needing it and the, mm -hmm. the willingness to help from the opposite side of things. And so um, I don't see it being a problem anytime soon. Okay. And so in that hypothetical situation that you just gave off, sure. like if you ran out of, if you were on a zero dollar um, in, in that fund, is there like anything that UNA is, is in the process of going through to kind of get more involved with helping? Or is this just more towards donations and, um, and funding from outside sources? Um, well, what we would probably do if we ran into anything like that is we would reach out to people who have supported us in the past. We'd probably host our own drive um, among the community and among the students and kind of take that responsibility into our own hands to kind of push that forward too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, we, we have options. And I, even with the Chartwell support, that mm -hmm. food's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And so 
Um, I don't I don't necessarily see that having to happen, but if it did, I think we've got quite a few options we could take advantage of, hopefully. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, what's your vision for the future of the food pantry and its involvement with the Alabama Campus Coalition? Yeah. So we joined this coalition last year. It got started with Auburn University, and there are 10 universities in the state that are part of it, which is pretty cool. Um, but we're so collectively we're working towards what can we do on a state level that makes food more accessible for all of us across all of our campuses um but then at the same time like for example we just are getting a pretty hefty grant which through this coalition which is going to help us move things forward a lot so every institution that is part of it gets part of this grant to be able to implement towards their food pantry efforts and so Um, I would love to eventually be able to have a graduate assistant help out with data collection and and really figuring out, you know, what do we do if we end up in a situation like that? And how do we publicize this to our students and, you know, figuring out nutritional value and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, and really have it have a space that is friendly for students where it it takes more of that stigma away and it feels like. It's a space that students can come to and not feel like they have to have a problem to use the food pantry. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing that I, I don't want any student to feel like, you know, that they're having any kind of issues in order to come. I mean, it can, I remember the days of having three jobs a semester and then getting down to my last 10 bucks before I got paid again. Like, that's a hard situation to be in. And, and so even if it's not all the time, if it's not a consistent thing, but... Maybe you just need food for a day and to not feel like it has to be a bad thing. So um, as we move forward, I hope, you know, we can really start to address some of that and and make it feel like an inclusive and, and safe space. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, what are the steps that, like, the university is taking to help with funding? Because I know you've got the grant now and you get mm-hmm. outside sources – and I've heard a little bit about a new meal yes. swipe plan. Yes. So. so part of what we can we have been able to do with the, the funds that have come in for our foundation account, we've been able to offer some meal plan scholarships for students that might need them. So they would be meeting with our case manager and our case manager can ad- address, you know, what what needs to be done here. And if it's a meal plan, we can scholarship that meal plan. Um, and so that's one resource that we've had. It's not as public for students to take advantage of, but the, we now have a meal swipe option um, where the university is giving us 500 meal swipes because, as we all know, they expire at the end of every semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have 500 meal swipes that we can credit to students that may need that resource to be able to eat on campus. And so... That application will be going up um, on the food pantry website, and that will still also be a connection with our case manager as well. But that's something where a student could go in and actually apply themselves for that and um, and then meet with the case manager and figure out, you know, how many do we need to get to you and that kind of thing too. So that's another option where those meal swipes get added to your main card. So there's no indication publicly that you've received these meal swipes um it you know works the same way as it would as a regular meal plan that gets added to your main card so we have that option coming up as well another process we're trying to perfect um 
But it's been good because since we've joined this coalition, the conversation has started around um, what can we do better. And it's been really great because, uh, you know, the university is paying attention to that too. So, um, yeah, that's just one option. That's and, yeah, up. the university also, like, provided these new spaces for you mm-hmm. to use a food or put a food pantry. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any, like, expansion that will happen once it grows? Or is it – It's we just moved locations. Yeah. So it's I, like – That is a – conversation as it occurs so (laughs) right now I don't know um but you know who knows it could be something different five years from now so awesome yeah so I know we were talking about it earlier there was a survey done about food insecurity Mm -hmm. and um from what I'm hearing a lot of people answered that they were food insecure but what is kind of the comparison of those who answered that they were, like they had food insecurity, compared to those who actually um, used the resources of the food pantries? Like, what what kind of a difference do we have there? Because I know, I mean, just from society's views, most people probably aren't gonna go and use a food pantry even though they need it. So, what's kind of the numbers, the difference there? Um, so, the way that it was structured it helped us indicate that there were students that needed access to a pantry, but the students didn't actually have to answer whether or not they were food insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's also kind of goes back to that's a hard thing because you feel like you're putting a label on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from what we got, they, it asked questions like, have you ever skipped an extracurricular event or activity because you didn't have enough money for food? Or you didn't have access for food. Have you ever skipped out on buying a book because you didn't have the you know the money to do that? So it was those types of questions, and it was pretty significant. I think the one that stood out the most to me though was um, the number of students who knew someone that needed the food pantry as a resource. And I think at the end of the day, we could all probably think of at least one person. And um, And so that was what was pretty significant as far as indicating we really need to keep this as a resource, Mm -hmm. um, was that everybody knew somebody that Mm -hmm. could use it. And so um, whether we were using it ourselves or not, the fact that the knowledge is there. And so, um, yeah, those numbers were, were, you know, helped us kind of figure out what places we need to be better at and really indicate, you know, is this... Is this something that we keep going with? What does this look like here? And it is kind of hard because with the meal plan requirement for freshmen Mm -hmm. who live on campus, that creates a little bit different of a conversation and a different situation than um, a student who may be an upperclassman and they don't have as big of a meal plan or something. So um, every situation is different. And our biggest thing is we, we just want students to realize that you your story and what you're going through is just as important as the next person and Mm -hmm. so if this is a resource that could be utilized for you or a friend it's going to be there Mm -hmm. yeah and this is kind of an off question but um i mean it still has to do with what we're talking about but um do you know i guess it kind of ties into that last question too um do you know um how many how many like average people go and and, and I know it's it's 
not necessarily something you would know, but do you know how, on average how many people would go to the food pantry, whether it be in the GUC or in Rice? Um, is it a relatively, is it a big number? Is it a small number? Or like kind of towards the middle, just so those of those who are listening who might be afraid to go because they don't know, like... They think if, they're alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know how many, like, on average, people would go and use it? I know how many visits we had, and that doesn't, that's not separated into each student, mm-hmm. but it's how many how many visits we had to the pantry. So one student could have come multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was 407 visits in last January to December. Okay. Um, and so, and every year, our numbers just, that number gets higher and higher and higher. And so... We, I mean, that's another thing that plays into that. We know it's needed, even if it was one student, honestly. I feel like that's a needed resource. Um, but we know because that number is, is is starting to grow that either students are finding out about it more, maybe it's faculty and staff are telling their students about it more. Um, you know, maybe it's the way that we changed it and how they can access it and how available it is. Um, but we know that that number is increasing. And so as long as that continues to happen, that, you know, it pretty, feels pretty important. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Miss Bethany, um, yes. I know you mentioned earlier, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> I know you mentioned earlier that uh, your main location is in the GUC. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the kind of foods and products that are offered there. Yeah, so we have your basic, typical food pantry stuff, um, your non-perishable items, um, anything from pastas to peanut butter and jelly to mac and cheese, rice, potatoes, soups, canned vegetables, that kind of thing. Um, we do occasionally get some fresh produce, and so we've had some organizations like Ark of the Shoals. Um, they had a community garden last year, and they brought us what they grew in their community garden. Um, so tomatoes and peas and, and things like and peppers and stuff like that. So we will have have some fresh stuff come in and we're actually partnering with the culinary department because they're working on some recipes that are still very cost effective um, but have some more nutritional value to them and are easy to cook i think that's the biggest thing um and that you could typically cook in a microwave essentially um and so they're helping us kind of develop some more of that but that means that we may have more items like eggs for additional protein um, and some additional vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. So we're hoping that we can start that process too. Those items are the first to go. Milk, eggs, veggies, um, anything that goes in the refrigerator, we typically, as you know, it's gone in the instant. So we're hoping to be able to start getting more of those items in too so we can up the nutritional value. Um, but of course, the non-perishable stuff is is always easy because it lasts longer. Um, so yeah, we're, hopefully we can try to balance that out, so. And I noticed you guys are also getting like personal hygiene products yes. there as well. Yes, um, so that's one thing we partnered with Pride's Pantry last year. Um, because of the number of students and visits that we were starting to get, we wanted to see ask work with them to see if we could make some of those items more accessible for students. And so we've added in hygiene items, men's and women's hygiene items, um, laundry detergent, toothbrushes, toothpaste, 
Uh, toilet paper, some basic things like that that are necessities. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how do you think, as a collective, we can fight this stigma against um, food insecurity? Um, because I know, personally, I grew up in a home that was, like, low income, mm-hmm. and it wasn't something you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, we did go to a food bank when I was younger, but, like, none of my friends knew. And... It's one of those things where it's so common, but everyone still feels like mm-hmm. they're alone in that situation. And that's like kind of what Mark was saying is like, mm-hmm. how many students use this pantry because you're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I know there are so many more students who need it than are using it even. Yes. Yeah. And so like, we want people to get this food. We want people to take advantage of these resources that we have and not waste food. And also, I mean, I know that in my situations, I'm paying for school on my own. I'm mm-hmm. living off loans and scholarships, mm-hmm. and that's it. And, like, I've got to pay my rent, and sometimes I don't get paid. I get paid once a month. And yeah. so that beginning of the month's really good. And then the end of the month, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. I'm running out of money. I need food. Um, let me starve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then also there's, like, the responsibility of being on your own in the real world where mm-hmm. sometimes it's not necessarily that you're insecure. You just not managed your money well enough Mm -hmm. like I mean there might be a time where I'm like I'm at an event I gotta get my nails done but now I can't like buy food yeah and so I don't want there to be a stigma of like I don't deserve to be here I'm not in need enough Mm -hmm. because I know personally when I came over to the food pantry I was like I don't want to Mm -hmm. take any of this food because other people need it more than me when in reality I'm like I need food food. yeah (laughs) yeah well I think like, because I, I get that. And my husband will be the first to tell you, I don't accept help very well. Um, I would much rather do it by myself and figure it out by myself. And But I think the more that we talk about it, um, kind of like how, we, how mental health has been the last few years, it's more of a conversation that we're having as a collective unit. And I think that's one of those things, too, where if I can talk about the food pantry all day long, but I also am employed and I run the food pan and so it's it's I'm a different person talking about it as you guys talking about it and so getting more of our student population discussing the food pantry talking about and not necessarily the food pantry but even the topic of food insecurity and what that looks like Mm -hmm. Um, because you know adults can face food insecurity and and so really trying to utilize that conversation as an opportunity to provide more education and eliminate that stigma because once we talk about it the one thing that always happens is there's somebody else that we'd never expect out there saying yeah me too and the more you have more of those people saying me too I understand that or like I I mean I was there were moments for me in college where that was me and so that is one of those things where you know no one would have ever known that because I didn't talk about it Mm-hmm. But if we can get this as a conversation and kind of eliminate that and, and lean on one another, I think that's how we start slowly to take that stigma off. Now, we probably will always have somewhat of the stigma, but if we can have more of a conversation around it, um, I think that that creates more of a, a safe space with it rather than a, you know, I'm never going to use this. I don't want anybody to know this about mm-hmm. me. So, I agree. I, I'm definitely, I'm not going to lie here. I'm going to use it. I need it. And there's no reason why I should just like 
sit back and say, well, we've got one of those. Glad we have one of those. But, like, I need it. So yeah. I want to use it. So yes. I'm, I'm definitely going to come in and start using it. And I didn't know about the, like, fresh food at the dorms were going mm-hmm. bad like or, like, not being used as often because I know that – it's like a week long mm-hmm. yeah. at each dorm. Mm-hmm. And so it's so easy and accessible at this point that there's no reason why mm-hmm. we shouldn't be taking advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even you don't have to live in the residence hall that the that the paint, mobile pantry is in for that week. Mm-hmm. It can be any student. As long as you have a main card, you should be able to access any of this whenever the hours of operation are. Mm-hmm. I'll be seeing you at Res <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, just like if it's in one of the halls, I mean, there's always an RA and that's on duty. They'll be in the hall where it is. So they have it planned out to where there's, it rotates between, you know, Rice, Rivers, Olive, and Maddie Lou to where there's always an RA on duty in the building where the food pantry is. So just, you know, if you need it, just knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm here for the food pantry, and they'll help you out. Yeah. And, two, I think a big thing for us is we, it is not a perfect process, and I am not a perfect person, And but I also am not the one that can access it. And if there's anything that students, you guys as students, have ideas for of ways that we can improve this process, that also gets you back into that conversation of it doesn't have to just be about who needs food it can be about how we get the food too is there are you guys um open to the idea of having like a little area set up within the dorms that allow students to come grab food when they need it instead of like having to ask someone to pull it out for them i'd be open to starting that conversation for sure and a lot of it is is working around logistically how do we make this work i mean everything has those processes to it and so um, and a lot of times those are our biggest hurdles, but even like the, for example, you had the idea of making the meal swipe application more public for students, and that's the thing that's going to happen. And Ooh. so the, we, there are a lot of things that we overlook um, because in, in the day-to-day there's so much happening, but if there are things that any students see that, hey, I need, you know, th- here's an idea of how you can make this better, we're open to those conversations for sure. Okay, that's a really good point to leave, leap off of. Um, I've been wondering, like, how can we as a university and as a community contribute to the food pantry? Um, I think I can speak on behalf of the downtown soda office that we would love to help out as far as um, drives or uh, yeah. even as a donation to drop off donations here. But what are some ways that we can help contribute to the food pantry in any way? Well, that's one way. Um, and even with drives... Looking at the list that we have on our website or asking, you know, what things do you need? I think the hardest thing is when, it, when we hear food drive, food, cans of vegetables are so easy. I cannot get through all of our cans of vegetables because that's not the first thing that goes. Um, and so it might not be the thing that we need the most of. And so just asking in advance what, do you, what is it that you need um, is, is a big thing that can help out. Um, sharing it with other students and letting students know about it. So this podcast is a great opportunity for that Mm -hmm. um, and for the community. And, you know, letting people know that it's there, it's a resource, it's something that we offer, it's free for our students. And so um, and I'm sure there are quite a few alumni who 
you know, don't realize that we have it because maybe it didn't exist when they were in school. But they remember those times of, I remember being hungry. And I remember not being able to do something because of access to food. And um, and we, we will often get some donations from those alumni with letters, you know, about how I remember being somebody who could have used this. And so um, a lot of it is awareness. And I mean, I think that's the number one part to it is making it known uh, to people that it's there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so. any ideas. So yeah. <laughs> always open to it. Yeah. We could sit here and talk for like hours and hours and hours about this stuff. Um, but we can't do that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, definitely if you guys have any questions, you know, come – Go to student engagement. Come to Housing and Residence Life. Um, come to Soda. Come to Soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all willing to help out, answer any questions you have. And if we don't know the answer, we'll be able to, to direct you to who does. So if you have questions about it, anything that we haven't talked about, you know, come to any of those places. Email us at arts at UNA. Um, just don't be afraid to ask <laughs> because I know um, a lot of people – are that way about not just you know food but about everything you know it's just like a common fear that i've seen in today's society kind of more of like a fear of being judged for not knowing Mm -hmm. don't be like that just ask everybody's happy to help you know Mm -hmm. but uh thank you for being here first of all yes thank you so much this has been it's been really an eye-opening and a very informative episode um I do want to encourage everybody who's listening to go to the food pantries if you need to because they are they're they're a free uh, resource that we have here that you can use so you don't have to stress or worry about you know being able to eat. So, you know, feel free go to the student engagement center, go to Rice Hall, you know, uh, go to the mobile food pantries. There's hot food at the mobile food pantries. So, Feel free to go there. If you forget where any of these things are, it's all on the website on una.edu. On the website, look up uh, "Feed the Pride" or "Food Pantry." Mm -hmm. It'll all come up. That's a way you can donate as well. So, yeah, and um, just gonna plug ourselves real quick. (laughs) Make sure you go listen to all of our other episodes. They're all really good. We've had some amazing people on. And we're just going to keep having more and more amazing people. And so keep listening. Um, I will say, go check out YouTube because we are getting things done fast. And um, from last week's episode with Miss Vicky, from, from then on, we're going to have a new little, little surprise graphic thing on our YouTube videos. So go check it out because I worked hard and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> go check it out. Um, remember that the food pantries are a thing because a lot of people don't know that. Talk about it. And if you ever have like any questions about mobile food pantry is more of, of a housing and residence life thing. But if you have any questions about that, feel free to ask your RA. And if they don't know, they can ask out there to, to the office so for you. But don't be afraid to ask questions. and. I think that's all we have for this episode. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Actually, not next week. Next week is winter break. Oh, yeah. 
So I don't know when we'll be recording this, but we'll see you in the Monday. next episode. We'll see you next March we'll see night. you in the next <laughs> episode. One day. <laughs> 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 One day again. Bye. <laughs> hey, guys. Make sure to check out all of our social medias. Feel free to send us your feedback at arts at una.edu or through the DMs of any of our social media. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you in the future. This podcast has been brought to you by UNA School of the Arts. Executive producer is Mark Gallegos, co-produced by Selena Fugate and Tyler Hankins. Special thanks to Dr. Terrence Brown and the entire SOTA staff. Thank <laughs> you.